Hey guys, this is Anna. So before we get today, get on with the show today, let's hear from our sponsor. Hey guys, this is the Ramblings of a Transgender Christian Podcast, and I am your host, Anna Hudock. So yes, um, today we're going to be a bit heavier in our topic. So there was a ish topic that I wanted to talk about, but unfortunately the entire article was not saved. I only got part of it, so... Can't talk about that issue. I'm gonna have to wait till Monday's episode to, uh, uh, well, by the time you, if you're listening publicly, you've already heard the episode. Um, but if you're listening on Patreon and subscribe star, it will be Monday. But, um, for everybody listening publicly, you know, vote for those who are not subscribed on Patreon, you already would have heard this because, well, the Thursday, because, you know, if you don't remember, uh, the Thursday episodes, released one week earlier for Patreon and Subscribestar members than for, um, you know, non-supporters. So, uh, so yeah, gotta remember that. But anyway, um, so I am actually having to, to uh, come up with a whole nother topic on the spur of the moment. And this has been something I've been thinking about a lot lately. And... <clears throat> I've been considering, I was considering doing a blog article about it instead. But, um, in fact, I was just considering doing a blog article. I wasn't even thinking about talking about it on the podcast. But, I guess we'll be doing on the podcast instead. And to be honest, I think probably better that way. It's something I've talked about so many damn times on my blog. And I know that a lot of my blog readers and my podcast, my blog audience, my podcast audience are pretty different. Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of overlap, but not much. It seems like most of the people listening to my podcast do not read my blog. So, perfect opportunity to kind of talk about these kind of topics here. And today we are going to discuss the pretty serious and, uh, heavy subject of suicide. Um, so yeah, full-on trigger warning. We're talking about suicide and maybe in self-harm. Um, just, you know, if you can figure that out from the episode title. So, if that triggers you in any way, um, probably not an episode to listen to, so. Yeah, uh, you know, I've really been thinking about it, you know, why I kind of considered, uh, irrational rationality of suicidal thoughts. Let me kind of explain. So, like, you know, like, in a macro view, uh, first we'll go do kind of like a macro view, and then kind of go into the more micro view of what I mean. So, like, the macro view is suicidal thoughts are completely irrational. But to the person who's experiencing them, they're completely irrational. And to be honest, there are occasions where there is a hint of truth to them, you know. Most, a, lot, a lot of times I find that suicidal thoughts come from a kernel of truth. Like, that's how they start. They start with something that's at least somewhat true. Sometimes even mostly true. And then eventually devolve into something that... Not true, but at least has, like, that kernel, you know, it's a little kernel, you know. But then, you know, you're, you and your completely overly emotional brain, you know, um, that's in complete distress. 
takes and views it as a completely rational view. Like, that's honestly probably the most amazing thing to me about, you know, having suicidal thoughts. It's like how, like, on one hand you can know that you're over, that you're being really, that you're, that you're in emotional distress, but at the same time, genuinely believe that you're being completely rational about it, you know? Like, I don't know, it's weird. Like, I genuinely know when I get suicide, okay? I'm in complete emotional distress, you know? I'm super emotional right now. At the same time, like, I genuinely, like, yeah, but that doesn't matter because of the thoughts I'm having make complete sense. They're 100% rational, uh, completely airtight logic. Nobody can debunk it. Everybody would say, yeah, that's completely accurate. Like, it's honestly pretty, pretty amazing when you really think about that. You know, like, one of the most outrageous and ridiculous examples of that is how I can convince myself that, you know, no one loves me, you know. And while it had more, you know, like, when I was younger, you know, teenager, you know, I was 100% sheltered, you know, had no friends and anything, you know, and parents were abusing me regularly, you know, were consistently bashing me for being trans and had no relationship with my sisters. I still don't have a relationship with my sisters, but, you know, at least I sort of, kind of have a relationship with my parents now. But I do have some friends. Not many, but you know, I, I have a few online friends and a uh, two unreal, I'll say maybe about two, unre two in real life friends. You know, so I have a few now, you know, as opposed to back then where I had none. Um, you know, back then, you know, the thought that no one loved me and I wouldn't be missed, you know, did have some kernel of truth. I really wasn't that loved back then, you know. I really didn't know anybody who really loved me. Now, to say that no one would miss me, completely bullshit. They absolutely would have missed me. In many cases for the wrong reasons, but, you know, they would have missed me. Um, but the kernel of truth was... And... Nobody really loved me back then. So, like, it did have a kernel of truth. But now we come to 2021, where I do have some friends, you know. Um, and I also have this platform, which is not big by any means, you know. But I still often have these thoughts, you know. I still often get suicidal and think these exact same things. When, you know, I do have friends I know love me very much and friends that I do love. You know, for people who do genuinely care about me for me, you know. It's not a real concern anymore. Like, I know people who do, you know. Um, you know, then... Especially when it comes to being, you know, met, you know, like, you know, my thoughts of, I won't be missed. Well, that's a completely laughably false at this point. You know? 
let's pretend for, let's, I mean, let's just pretend that, you know, my family wouldn't miss me, which is false, you know. Maybe not necessarily for the right reasons, but, you know, once again, they would miss me. Um, this platform. Like, I have talked to several people who read the blog or um, watch my videos or uh, listen to my podcasts, you know. Very rarely do those audiences intermix, you know. If you watch my videos, you probably don't read my blog. And if you read my blog, you probably don't listen to my podcast, you know. Like, that's just how it kind of works here. Um, you know, but, like, people who have been genuinely touched by my content, you know. People who have thanked me very much for my content, you know, where, you know, they told me, like, how much I've impacted for life or the better, you know, just listening to someone so vulnerably, just be, you know, so vulnerable and so open about their thoughts, you know, and their feelings and things that we're going for, you know, and, you know, just knowing that, like, I helped this person, you know, this person was genuinely helped because of me. You know, but even, you know, outside of the content realm, you know, how many people have I talked to who were suicidal or were self-harming and I talked to them and was able to talk them off the edge of suicide or, you know, was able to convince them to open up to family and friends about self-harming, get help. Would a lot of these people even still be alive? Probably not. It's like, I have touched and impacted many lives, you know. One of my closest friends, you know, probably my closest friend, if I'm being straight up, who lives in Oklahoma City, you know. I'm going to call her Esther for the sake of her privacy, you know. So we're just going to call, you know, Esther, I guess. Uh, um, you know, she, you know, she's talked many times, you know, just how much I've impacted her life, you know, how much I've bettered her life. You know, just being there and encouraging her, you know, listening to her, you know, <laughs> staying up way later than I should have, you know, practically falling asleep, you know, struggling to keep my eyes open and texting her, you know, while, you know, she's, you know, in extreme emotional turmoil and just needs someone to listen to, you know, she's told me these things, you know, like, you've bettered my life, you know, it's like, I know that, you know. I would be missed, you know. Like people have told me that, and yet I still think so often, even when I'm not suicidal, no one's gonna miss you. They're just gonna, you know, no, no one's ever gonna remember you. You know, who, who's gonna fucking care if you off yourself right now? These are things I tell myself all the damn time. You know, not to even mention, you know, the impact I had on people's lives that I don't really even know. You know, I think about, you know, there was a, back when I worked at Lifeway Christian Bookstores, you know, it was my first job. Still to this day, probably the best job I had, I don't know. Probably, actually. Um, 
there were several people there, you know, who were such great customers, you know, who cared, you know, they, I was a very favorite employee. There was a couple, you know, very old couple. I mean, you look at, I mean, you almost think, you're not dead yet? You know, that kind of old, you know, I'm like, they were fucking old, like, holy shit. Like, I mean, I'm not joking you, like, they were, like, literally, probably, they looked old enough for you to go, like, you're not dead yet. Oh, my. Um, but, you know, you're such a cute little young couple, old couple, you know, old, you know, little couple, you know, old couple. And just the joy that exuded from them, you know, you could feel the joy and the Christ in them. And I was her favorite employee, like, literally, they loved me so much that they would wait in line just to get checked out by me, you know? Like, uh, if they were next in line and they were going to get in, you know, uh, they were going to get checked in, you know, next in line, getting checked out by another employee, well, they would send a person behind them in, fr in front of them just so they could get checked out by me. They would wait like five plus minutes just to get checked out by me. Just because apparently I made that much of an impact on their lives. Like, I was the one they always wanted help from if they needed any help. They didn't want help from the other employees. I was the one that they were only one they wanted to get checked out from by. It's because I made that much impact underlies and they were customers you know people that once the store closed I would never see again and I haven't store closed in 2019 I haven't seen them since to be honest I wonder if they still think about me to this day I know I do but clearly I made an impact on their life We also at the store had a, a retired pastor that came in. Another guy who was super old. I mean, oh my God, this dude was old, you know. He's kind of kind of very slow walker. Me clearly had trouble walking. Times he had trouble speaking. I was his favorite employee, you know. I was the only one he wanted help from. You know, I was the only one he really wanted to check out with, you know. We would just sit there and talk and talk and just talk. You know, while we're checking them out, you know, we would just sit there kind of just chitting, chatting about theology, you know, new Bibles that were being released, you know, different Bible commentaries, you know. We would talk about the newest John Piper book, you know, or, you know, while we were just walking around the store showing him new products, you know, we would discuss what is the new, um, Dr. Tony Evans' book, you know? What is the newest um, concordance that's, that's just been released here at Lifeway, you know? Um, you know, just so many things, you know? Especially, this, especially the conversations on Bible commentaries and study Bibles. Those were some of the best, man. And Bible translations, you know, I remember when the Tree of Life translation came out and just the in-depth conversation we had about that translation. 
because we were such good times, you know. And I, I had an impact on his life. He had an impact on mine. I have seen him, you know, since then. Um, haven't seen him in well over a year at this point. To be honest, I wouldn't want to at this point. Like, knowing that even these people I had impact on, another one I really think about that I had an impact on, probably doesn't even remember me. I had an impact on her life. Was probably my favorite moment ever working out life life. Saturday morning. It was just me and the manager. We were opening up, and the very first customer that came in was a woman who had just given her life to Christ that very night before. Friday night, you know, just the night before, she had given her life to Christ. She knew nothing about Christianity, you know. Like, the night before, she had been invited by a friend to church, and that was her very first time ever, ever going to church. She knew nothing about the Bible. She knew nothing about Christian beliefs. You know, she just knew enough that she was a Christian now. You know, she knew that she loved Jesus and what he did. And so she, I helped her for an entire hour and a half find a good study by a good study Bible, a devotional Bible. I think it was the CSB. Um, she reads truth um, Bible, you know. Um, and I, then I bought her, you know, helped her find several Christian books that really just explain in beginner's language, um, you know, different aspects of the faith, you know, just to understand what is the Bible teachings, you know? I remember one of the books I got, I helped her find because, you know, she dealed so much with anxiety was, uh, Goliath Must Fall by Louis Giglio. Um... You know, and I don't remember the other books that you know, I helped her find and buy. I still helped her find uh, some devotion, a devotional, um, got her to get uh, Jesus Today by Sarah Young. Uh, I think it's Sarah Young who wrote that, could be wrong. But you know, like, you know, she came out of there with like six things, you know, six things that, you know, to help her for the very first time experience the Bible, you know, experience, learn Christianity, you know. While I wasn't the one converting her, I was the one who very much set her on her way to faith. You know, assuming she's still a Christian today, I had a major role in that. You know, you know. Once again, assuming that I that she is still a Christian, I am one of the most important pieces of why she's a Christian and why she's still has faith. Assuming she does. Even if she does not remember me. Because I was the one who helped her find, you know, I was the one who helped her find her first Bible. You know, the one who helped her find biblical resources that would explain in beginner's language, you know, a lot of these things to do with the Bible. So it's like, I've made an impact on people's lives. And yet I still tell myself, no one's going to care, you know. What impact have you left on people's life that's not negative? These are things I tell myself all the time when it's so blatantly, clearly not true. You know, 
Even as a kid, you know, I remember going to camp. There was this one kid, you know, who was like, you know, the life of the party, you know, everybody loved him, you know. He was in my quote-unquote tribe, you know, uh, at camp, you know, because I went to a camp called Camp Barakal up in Fairview, Michigan, just in case, you know, anybody knows of that camp. You know, that's where I went to summer camp. And, uh, I remember, you know, but like, and I remember one Sunday, you know, he just could not memorize his Bible verses. So he, so, you know, he and I, so, so, you know, the counselor had, um, him and I go into the cabin bathroom where he, where I would listen and help him try to learn the Bible verses. You know, and I was, you know, just a kid, you know, um, uh, and I remember listening to him, you know, him just pour out his soul and the struggles he was going through, you know, his, his bad family life, his struggles with porn, you know, um, especially just, just the downright sexual addictions that he had even outside of porn, you know, just listening to him, just bear these out. I was the only one he ever told it to these things to, you know. He told me, I've never told anybody any of these things before. So now that, you know, he, in just a week's time, viewed me as trustworthy enough to bear his soul open. And listen to my advice, you know. I didn't give much advice. It was almost strictly just listening. Which I was fine for, you know. Especially because I didn't really have advice for most of it, you know. Um, you know, but... I had an impact on his life. And, you know, he did remember me several years later when we ended up at camp together again. He remembered me. Just all these things. I tell myself I'll never be missed. Never made a good impact on this planet. And so therefore I should just kill myself. Yeah, I did. I have. So many lives I have impacted for the better, even in just super small ways, you know. And yet here I am telling myself, yeah, it's okay to kill yourself. Because, well, what good impact have you left? It's amazing how your mind tells you these things. When you're so overly emotional, so much in distress, just ready to kill yourself. So I guess what I'm kind of saying is, I don't know if you, who else out there is listening, who is suicidal or even just depressed, thinking, you know, no one's going to miss me. I've never met it. I, there's no impact I've left that's good on this planet. No one loves me. Just think about that. 
Really? No one on this planet loves you. Okay, well, maybe if somebody, nobody does. Let's say that. No one is going to miss you if you're gone. I highly doubt that. To saying you kind of have to be a like you'd have to be one shitty shitty person for that to be true about. Let's be honest. There's at least somebody out there who's gonna miss you. I don't know who that is in your life. Somebody is. And you never left a good impact on this earth. Just think about those small encounters you've had. You know. Those people who trusted you enough to listen, you know, and to 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 tell to spill your guts for guts out, you know, those customer, you know, those people at your workplace, you know, who were touched by your kindness or you know your service or whatever, you know, whatever it is, you know, those people that you helped move, you know, like they were moving and you were the one who showed up to help them do that, you know. Those people that, you know, uh, they, they, you know, so an emergency happened and, you know, they need their children watched, you know, while they deal with this emergency and you went over there and watched your kids. Stuff like that, you know, just small little things. You left an impact. You left an impact on them for the better. So don't ever tell yourself you have not left a positive impact on this planet. Because you have. That I guarantee, even if no one loves you, even if no one misses you, you have absolutely left a positive impact on at least somebody. That I 100% Guarantee, there is no way in hell you haven't. Understand that. Maybe somebody was having a really bad, horrible day, and then there you were, giving them a smile and saying, Hey, how you doing today? You know, or just even just giving them a smile. Sometimes that's enough to turn somebody's day into a good day. Change for mood. You left an impact on them. So don't ever tell yourself that you have not left a positive impact on this world. You have, no matter how small it is. I guess that's really just what I wanted to say today. Um, but yeah. Uh, thank you all for listening to all of those of you who did. Um, yeah, just... Keep fighting. That's I guess really all I can say. Just keep fighting. Anyway, uh, have a wonderful day, everyone. Peace.